Welcome to the Church Doctors Podcast with Scott and Marla Sheely. The Church Doctors Podcast is brought to you by Outpouring International. Love God, love people. That's right. And one of the ways we love God and love people is uh, through the local church. My my wife's not here with me today. I'm Scott Sheely, and uh, I have a special guest with me today, Pastor Tim and Pastor, Pastor Donna, Donna Lunk are here with me. I'm visiting their home in Venita, Oklahoma. Say hello, Tim. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Well, thank you. We're glad to be here. And Donna. Hello. And uh, so we, uh, we're we friends from way back. We were at the same church together in Venita years back while I was pastoring, and they came and visited the church and decided to stay and. uh I felt like it was time for me to do the next thing in my ministry life. And so um, I asked the Lord what to do. How do I exit and not cause problems? <laughs> and he said, well, Tim's the next pastor. So um, to Tim's surprise, I told him that. And uh, the the rest is history. He's been pastoring the church for how long now? Uh, June will be nine years. Nine years. So you pastored that church for longer than I have. And uh, that that's amazing to me, like that it's been that many years already. And I'm so proud of you guys. You've done a great job. And uh, but we were talking uh, earlier about uh, how God, God's not a stagnant God. He doesn't stay still. He moves, uh, and he's, he's always doing new things. The Bible says uh, now is the time. God does things in the now. He doesn't, he doesn't do something once yesterday, and then we just get, we write it down in our notebook, and we just follow what God did yesterday, and that's called faithfulness. No, faithfulness in the Bible is doing what God asks us to do now. He's a now God. He's alive right now, and uh, even though he lives in timelessness, so he's in our past, he's in our future, he's in our right now, but God asks us not to live in our past, even the good past, the bad past, the past of our natural upbringing, the inherited junk from our families maybe all of that's our, the past he he made us new when we were born again and he asked us to live in the now and have hope in the future in him and so i said all that to say that american church seems to have this linear idea that they've got church figured out that this is how you do church um matter of fact one of my pet peeves is that it seems that the church has become a place that is attractive to sinners instead of a training ground to equip saints for the doing the work of the ministry. And I talk about that in length on other podcasts, so I won't do that. But So my question for Tim and Donna is they came from more traditional church, and then they visited my church, and now they're pastoring a church. And not only are they pastoring this church, but they're pastoring it in the now. They're They're doing their best to be obedient in the hand of God and and follow what God's doing now which is a little bit risky in American church. So we're going we're going to talk about that so you guys can chime in whenever you want. What is that what did that look like going from uh the church that you came from to to just you're just you're just a member of a church but it's different. What was that like? Yeah, so um the church we were at previously um I was aware reading the scriptures that uh there was so much more and so in the in the in the other church that we was at uh 
I read, I was reading the Bible, and I thought, "Wow, look at look at this! There's signs, there's wonders, there's miracles. This is this is normal Christianity," and yet we weren't seeing it. So I felt like um, I was there, and I was trying to pull people. And I, I I didn't, I wasn't walking in it myself. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't walking in signs, wonders, and miracles. But I just knew that they were in the Bible, and I thought, "Well, I know they were available." I just knew I wasn't seeing them, but I felt like I was trying to pull the pa- even the pastor and pull the leaders and pull the people, saying, "There's more, there's more, there's more." Even though I didn't know there, I didn't experience some more. I just knew there was more. And the long story short, we uh, after going to church there for 14 years, we uh, Lord led us uh, to Pat, Pastor Scott and Marla, and uh, now it was a complete reversal because I'm sitting in the back row like. I'm not sure what's going on here, but Donna, there's a there's a door, and if this gets a little out of hand, uh, we we know we we just we're not sure about this. But um, and it was a, instead of me trying to drag people, I felt not like I was being now dragged. I was the one being dragged into the more. Mm-hmm. And now I was like, wow, this is like I've been talking about this. Now that it's here, I'm like, it's a little bit different. I'm not sure that uh, I'm comfortable with this. But at the same time, I came to the place. Where I finally said, Lord, I dropped all the walls. And I said, Lord, if this is you, I want it. Yeah. And I think at that point, everything in my life changed because yeah. I opened up and, and was receptive and was willing to let God change me uh, into the more. Right. It, it changed our whole family, not just Tim and I, but also our children. Uh, we saw that there was more to God than we had ever experienced. And it just creates a hunger on the inside of you that you think, wow, he loves me that much. There's so much more. And we've put him in this box for so many years. And he's saying, get out of the box. Get out of the box because I have so much more for you. Yeah. And the, and the, besides that, when um, we started doing treasure hunting, and for those that don't know what treasure hunting is, it's where you go out into the streets and the marketplace and you talk to people that you don't know and you – um, pray for them, and you believe God to heal them and touch them. And and uh, the first time I went with Pastor Scott, I was like, I came back, and it was like, I will never do that again. It was so uncomfortable. But I found myself being compelled to go again. And uh, after a few times, and I started seeing, and I started seeing results, and I seen people, uh, you know, get ministered to and healed and touched. It actually, it actually became easy and normal and, and exciting, and it really, uh, your Christian life is, when God uses you, that's when you actually become alive, and you actually realize that this is, this is what I was made for, yeah. to do this, and to release God, not, in, not just in the church, but to release God we're people out in the world. We're the light of the world. We're not the light of the church. So we have to take the light out in the world and do do everything that Jesus did where people can see it. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's a, you know, I look at it like this, like God put eternity in our hearts, right? Well, so that pulls us forward. <laughs> eternity keeps is it never stops expanding. It, it's like a vacuum pulling us toward it. And God made it like that, so we're, I, I describe myself like I lean into the things of God permanently. I just stay leaning. Like I, if, if God was to move somehow out of the way, I would fall over because I want to always be uh, going forward with Him and have my heart open to what He's doing in the earth. And 
and and what Tim just said about you know going on a spirit led uh, Holy Spirit led uh, ministry out in the marketplace through treasure hunting or whatever other kind of training tools that we use, you know, all of that works out of the love that that Jesus gave us. So you can't give away anything that you don't have. And so the church has preached uh, that God still heals today. That you know people that people need Jesus and they need to get saved and all the list of the things that we know the gospel teaches. But it's got to be delivered to the people through His church, through His people. It's if it, we know it's the will of God for people to be saved, but they get saved when they hear the word of God, when they hear about the love of God, when they see the testimonies of of signs and wonders and miracles. It draws people to God, and so, somehow the church has convinced itself that if that if we just have really good church, then the people will come. If I just have the best preacher and the best lights and the nicest building and the best billboards and spend the money on marketing and, you know, it has to be dark when they come in because that makes them comfortable. There's my pet peeve again. And so, so we've got, we've convinced ourselves that that's pleasing God. That's pleasing to God. But the Bible says that what pleases God is our faith. And faith is is expressed when we believe that God can do something that with with unless he doesn't then then it won't happen it's not it's nothing that we could perform on our own i can't make somebody born again i can't heal their body on my own without god i can't prophesy or have words of knowledge and so the the love of god that that he put in us when when we say yes i think that the size of our love tank immediately grows. Every time we say yes, he's like, oh, I have somebody that's going to partner with me. Uh, I have somebody that believes me and, and, and is believing for more. And, and that's exactly the word of God. When, when you make room for some, he's like, oh, well, here's some more then. Remember the Bible said, for the ones that, uh, that have but they don't use it, what they do have will be taken away. And, and he takes it away and gives it to somebody else. Well, we might be getting filled up today when we say yes to God with somebody else's more because they refuse to carry it. And so that's what I look, see in in Donna and Tim and their church is that they've said yes to the things of God and he's given them the more. So tell us about, okay, so you went to sat in the seats for a while and you started diving into the things of the Holy Spirit and uh, you listened to my crazy preaching for a while, and then I decided that I was going to leave, and I asked you to be pastor. What was that like? Wow. Uh, well, we knew we were called to be pastors, but, you know, we've been children's church pastors, uh, youth pastors, associate pastors. So uh, even though I, I, I knew from in my heart and also from uh, people that pro- prophesied that we were going to be pastors, but I knew in my heart that's what the calling of God was for my life. But I was content uh, being associate pastor. I'm like, I'm pastoring. I'm pastoring children. I'm pastoring youth. I'm pastoring associate. You know, I'm doing what God's called me to do. And I never pursued, a, I never pursued that position. Even though I knew God had called me to pastor, I never said, we want to be this. Or we want that, that never came out of our mouth. What happened was it was always someone came up to me and Donna or the, the leaders and said, hey, we believe God's calling you to this. You know, are you open for this? And we would always say, Lord, we know that we're called to this. If you're opening, opening this door, then we're willing to walk through. And so that's what happened with Scott. You know, we didn't go to him saying, hey, 
he came to us, and of course, we said yes, but I think me and Donna didn't get much sleep that night because we were like, <laughs> "What just happened?" And, and and the thing is, is I thought I thought the step from associate pastor to a pastor would just be a little, just a little step. <laughs> yeah. And I was a, kind of in shock when I found out, wow, this is a Lord. This is going to take a lot of grace and a lot. I'm going to lean on you a lot more than I ever have because this is a bigger step than I thought it was going to be. Right. It's like all of a sudden you feel the weight. You know, you were carrying the weight, Scott, as pastor, and now you're hand, handing the the weight of the church, the people, the care, the love, the being there for them day in and day out. And all of a sudden you felt the weight of it. And, and the responsibility. Like, yes. And you're like, yeah. oh, my, this this is way more than I thought. You know, and then you're like, can I, can I do this? You know, I know God's called us. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely... A different, and it made us. It made us throw ourselves onto God even more. It made us because we knew how how in unable we were to do this. I mean, in the natural, no one can do anything, but even me, probably more so, because I feel like I'm not a good. I don't have any eloquence, and I don't didn't have any Bible school training. And even though I'd been pastoring as associate pastor and all these other positions, uh, you know, I never had any formal training. But I just knew that. He would he would give me what I needed and he would equip me, yeah. and uh, and it would all work. And so I just I found myself, uh, you know, before the service, just laying on my face and just saying saying words like like this, like Lord, I'm leaning on you, I'm depending on you, I'm resting in you. Um, whatever you have, I receive everything you have, uh, you know, for the for this group, for this people, for this service, and just uh, believing believing that God is going to show up and do what only he can do. And, and I was just trying to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit to let him lead and guide us uh, through the whole, through, through all this, whatever this, this walk looked like and this journey looked like and the service looked like. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's what I love the most about watching you guys is that you are leaning into the ear of, with your ear to God, like always listening, always checking and uh, that's that's what I saw in you was a like a heart that was ready to trust God like that, like I could trust you handing off a church to you because you're that's where your trust was in, and uh, and yet okay so now you're seeing your pastor I left and uh, did you feel pressure from churchianity to f- do it a certain way like this is how you do church. Even though you felt like maybe we maybe we need to do it different. Wow, you know I think it's so easy to, to get in a rut of anything, and yeah, you know I think we jumped out of ruts, but we then we developed new ruts. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I think there was an expectation of this is what church looks like. This is what um, we you know this is how much time we're willing to come yeah. together for yeah. church. If it's you know we don't and people are you know, are used to their, what's normal for them. And so uh, it was a, the more we pressed into God, the more God showed up. We've just seen a, we've seen the change where people were experiencing the presence of God and it causes them to be even more hungry and then signs and wonders and they were more hungry and then they were willing to give up more time and willing to, to spend more time in the presence and willing for, you know, to, uh, to meet more often and to pray more often and to, uh, pursue God, uh, you know, not just Sundays and Wednesdays, but 
but multiple days and coming together and and just just experiencing the glory of God and being in his presence and then going out and and sharing that with others and coming back in and bringing others with us and it excitement I think was building just because uh because God was showing up but it but yeah it was a it was a it was a bit of a you know at times where we had to push ourselves to okay this is we might get some negative feedback from a few maybe who knows but we're willing to uh to take a just take a step of faith and, and do something different and uh believing that God is going to going to work it all out however he does it yeah and he always did yeah, I think one of the things that God had showed me was that we can't live in that old wine skin. You know, he was he had new wine for us, and so we had to have a new wine skin, and so it looked different. And so it may have been done a certain way in the past, but he's saying, "Do you trust me for the new?" You know, I'm coming with this new wine skin. And and one thing that God really showed us even in the last year is that he wants to come and be a habitation for us not just to come and visit on Sundays and Wednesdays, but to be, we want to be a habitation of his glory where it's there all the time. And so then the people are hungry. They're coming and they're saying, oh, I have unforgiveness. I want to repent. And just seeing radical change in people's lives as we just submit more and more to, to God. Yeah. He, he's faithful to always show up. Yeah. So, so we're, we're, we're all, full-time ministers sitting at the table here talking. And the guys that are going to listen to this program are probably going to be ministers also because that's how I'm going to put the title. But So so how do you measure? Okay, you're, you've been doing this for nine years. You, you're getting paid a paycheck to do this. You're getting supported by the tithes and offerings of the church, which is correct. And you're letting go of some things, even good things of the past. It doesn't mean that they're bad or that they were you know, wrong or anything, but we're just letting go of things so that God, there's more room for God to move. And, and so, uh, I just, I just feel like there needs to be, we need to talk about how do you measure success? Well, how, okay. So you're, <laughs> you're praying and saying, I'm all yours, God. And this microphone, you know, I've heard pastors say this microphone's yours. And then they do the same thing again, over and over and over again. Like, so it doesn't, just because you're saying to God, I'll do whatever you want, and, and I'm willing to follow you, Holy Spirit, you can say all the right things. And and so when we have conversations like this and we use the term uh, God's moving, signs, wonders, and miracles, we you know, and everybody has a little bit different description of that. They'll just nod and say, yeah, well, I believe all that. But then, when you go to their church and find out how they're, uh, what they're doing, it doesn't look like what what you were talking about. So, people describe the Word of God and the things of God according to their upbringing and how they read the Bible. So we have this difference of view of of the things of the Spirit. I guess is what I'm talking about. So, how do we measure whether we're have actually obeyed God? What? How how do we know it's working? Hmm. That's a good question. How do we know that we're obeying God? I think it's, um, you know, just being willing to get outside the box and just take your, just, just listen and, 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 you know, and, uh, realize that you don't, realizing that I don't have the answer and I don't know where I'm going, but he does. 
So um, to measure success is like when I see people, when God's using other people besides me, ah. th- that's when I get excited because, <laughs> because it's, what the, it's like I'm stepping back and they're stepping up, but they're actually, this is, you know, this is, this is more than it's, it's, it's the body of Christ coming alive. Come on. Yeah. The body of Christ coming alive. And when I see people, when I, I, I was just asking the other day, you know, how many people went out, you know, and, and laid hands on people and, and prayed for people in the street? You know that strangers, and when I see hands go up all over the audience, I get so excited. Yeah, because I think this is what it's about right here. You know, and if, if no one's doing, if no one's growing up and maturing, and and they're all just leaning on me, then we are missing the boat. But when when I have when when the church when we have church, you know, it says uh, how is it when you come together? One is a song, one is a tongue, one's and so you know it's I want I want the body the body to be ministering, the members are ministering to each other and coming alive. And it's really hard, you know, I know in a church setting to, especially as the church grows, to, to get all that. But we always try to keep that freedom. And if, if it gets, you know, if it gets undecent or out of order, I mean, if it gets a little bit chaotic, it's okay. What we're going to do is we're going to, we're not going to uh, quench the spirit and say, okay, from now on, no one's going to share. No one's, the, I'm going to do it all. The pastor's going to can take control and y'all just listen. But we just, if someone misses it, we just in love. We we don't publicly, you know, hit them over the head with a hammer. We we just go. We say, hey, you know, we love you so much, and and you know, you, we have you have a gift in this area, and you missed it. You know, we feel like you missed it, and this is what we saw, and this is you know. But we gently bring correction, but we try to keep that freedom where people can exercise their gifts and they can learn to flex their spiritual muscles in the body setting, so they can. Have confidence, uh, you know. If I can do it here, then maybe I can do it out there. But, yeah. But you know that this is a safe place for us to all grow together and to uh, and to watch what God does in each one of us. And it's so it's so liberating because uh, I you, you know I, we never know for sure what the service is going to look like, and that's that's what I love about it. It's not structured like we've got to do A B C D E F G. We're like Lord, if you're in it and this is the direction you're moving, we want to move with you. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, yeah. So, you know, God's called us to raise disciples. If we're not teaching them and training them to be disciples, that is, we're, we're just a building. We're the church. The people are the church. We're to go out and to minister. And if we're not raising disciples, then we have failed at what God's called us to do. Yeah. We want them to get off the milk and to have the meat <laughs> and to do the things that God's called us to do. There's We're the all measurement. Ministers. We're yeah. all ministers. So everybody can raise disciples. Yes. See, remember I said people have different descriptions of what that word means. So if I have a Sunday school class and we're all having coffee together and somebody brings the teaching, then then I've raised disciples, right? No. You know you've raised disciples when they go out and surpass what you taught them to do. That, right. That's the biblical model. Like, imitate me until you can stand on your own two feet and then go and surpass me. That's that's how the Bible works. Jesus demonstrated for that to, to us himself. Here, watch how I do this for three years. Now, here's the baton. You go do greater things than I did. Yeah. And so that's to me, is the... It, is the biblical pattern. Why, why is it so hard for us to see how we're supposed to measure success when Jesus said, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Do this, now do greater. And then he left. There's no more, there wasn't a, there's not a, a, a picture of how to do church, but 
but there there are many places in the Bible that give us ways to measure whether we're doing it right. So I think he gives us the freedom to choose however we want to do it. But when your uh, seven-part series is more important than following Holy Spirit, then then and, and there's no no lives are transformed on like that's what you're talking about if you if you sit down and you disciple people and then you turn them into holy ghost terrors and they're out there making the devil wish he'd never been born then then you're like all right i think that one was a success you know right. <laughs> keep start monthly supporting that person right you know come, come on they're right. doing the work of the ministry ephesians 4 says that that's the job of the fivefold ministry gifts to um, equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And, you know, there again, popular church, you know how they, they get around that? They, they make a new list of what doing the works of the ministry is. Doing works of the ministry is, is sweeping the sidewalk and setting up chairs and mm-hmm. cooking food in the kitchen at church and driving the bus. And all of those things are important for fellowship, yeah. but that's not what he's talking about uh in in that in that part of the bible that may may come under the gift of helps and 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 the different parts of the body functioning and and providing what they're good at but when you're training somebody to do the work of the ministry he's talking about the things jesus did yeah it's that's it there's no he was our example why is it that we make up a new list of what ministry looks like well even in, even in the new testament he said, pick out seven among you and Philip and Stephen who are full of the Holy Ghost. And then it doesn't tell you what they did as far as helps. It just tells you the signs and wonders and miracles they did. They just did, they did the, minute, the work of, 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 of ministering to the widows. That was, yeah, that was their job. But they were, you don't hear much about that in the book of Acts. You hear about great signs and wonders and Stephen, you know, prop speaking and, and just Philip being translated. So going down to Samaria it, and leading the whole us. community it's, to Jesus. Yeah. It's not, it's, there's no special ones. We're all, we're all called. This is not for just two or three. This is a body of Christ yeah. coming alive, each and every member. Yeah. So, so we're, we're at a point in church history where I think that there's, there's going to be some reverse pressure coming. Like, I think that God's pouring out His Spirit all over the earth. As a matter of fact, I know He is. With, with the social media access that we have today, there's no secret. I mean, all along the East Coast last weekend, we're, we're uh, recording this in uh, January 2023. Uh, but last Sunday, uh, there's reports of churches burning it up on Sunday, multiple churches all across the eastern seaboard, just all, all of a sudden on one Sunday. And so I think that there's going to be some reverse pressure upon popular church, uh, um, you know, the churches that have their hearts set on making sinners comfortable so that maybe they'll come to Jesus. I'm like, wow, that's so wimpy to me. I don't see Jesus making sinners comfortable. Yeah. I see Jesus loving them. And telling them the truth, and but he didn't do it in the synagogue. <laughs> he taught believers in the church, and I, I, you know, in the meeting place. And I think there's going to be a mass exodus, uh, or at least uh, somewhat of an exodus of people leaving traditional church or the religious church, and uh, looking for a church where they're actually going to come alive and uh, and experience the reality of the kingdom in a way that they're, every person is born with that hunger inside of them. And I just see, you know, you might be the only church in town or one of the few churches in your area. 
you know, that is on fire for God. But God's going to bring them in from, from, from far, from, I mean, every corner. I mean, I just believe, like, even here in Benita, I just it's okay. believe that our influence, you know, God just showed me in the spirit realm, our influence is like a 100-mile radius. And uh, that, that we're covering, you know, that yeah. people are coming from all over places that we wouldn't even dream of, but God's drawing them in because they're so hungry. And I believe, you know, there's going to be a, a, a mighty, uh, a, a, just a multitude of people that are going to come because they're so hungry for the real and they're tired of this religion that That's doesn't right. change your lives. That's right. And so, so we're, uh, we're at a point where the, you're listening to this and, and your heart's burning and maybe you're a leader in a church or a, an elder or somebody that has some kind of influence of voice in a church. And so what do you do? How do you move from from uh, churchianity into a spirit-led environment? And, and and it totally has to do with, like Tim and Donna already said, trust in God. But there has to be somebody that's willing to pay the price and to pray uh, without ceasing, pray into this and ask God to come. And re- remember, no ministry happens apart from the love of Jesus. You can say Christian things and do Christian things, and there can even be real fruit. Jesus said, depart from me, for I never knew you. And the people are like, what? I did all the things. I did all the Christian things. Uh, we prophesied in your name and did all these things. He goes, well, but I didn't know you. And so just because there's... Uh, Fruit happening, fruit might be happening because God loves that person on the other side of the ministry, and it's not a validation of the person giving the ministry away. So true fruitfulness comes out of a love relationship with Jesus. And when you pursue that, you can present change to people in a way that's not offensive. It's not attacking them. It's not accusing them of being rigid and unchangeable and not following God. You know, when you come to somebody like that, they're not gonna they're not gonna listen to you because you're not loving them. And so I th- I feel like um, if there's a door open for you to present a challenge to the leaders in your church, or you're a pastor and you're gonna present the challenge to the people that we need to do some changing, if you'll do it through love and ask questions instead of telling them what you're going to do. Ask questions. Say, okay, uh, today in church, we're not going to have a sermon. We're going to, everybody's going to help me. Everybody raise your hand and tell me, how do you measure whether church is successful? And then, and then teach them from the Bible what the Bible says. How, how do you measure whether we're doing it right? People's lives are transformed. Then after the transformed ones are transformed, they become disciples and they become people that go and transform others. That's, that's success. So, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with how big your church is, how, many, how much money you have, although that probably will happen. But, uh, and so I just want to encourage you to, uh, to dive into the getting your love tank full with Jesus and then presenting, uh, going after the things of God with a, with a reckless abandon and trusting him with all of your heart and, and in, in faith, you know, do that next. If you get it, if you get the order of that mixed up, you'll have a, you'll have a, a train wreck in, on your hands. Right. Churches get off into, uh, oh, I see on the internet, this is what's happening. And, and they try to manufacture it apart from the spirit of God. And so that's not what we're talking about either. Mm-hmm. We're talking about genuine love of God. That's so overwhelming that it produces transformation in people's lives. 
Do I have time to, to share one more thing? Yeah, Scott? real fast. We're okay. just right at so the, the end. The one, the one quick thing I think that I've realized is when we, uh, you measure your church, uh, we just realized not how many comes on Sunday, but how many comes to prayer. That's a good indication of how, of how you're growing spiritually. And when you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap to the Spirit. And, and through that, more and more and more prayer with more people coming and more people coming. That's where I feel like we've seen the greatest transformation in the, in this church is we've given ourselves to prayer instead of three or four people, you know, we're not a big, a big church, but now we've got, you know, a lot more people coming on a regular basis and they're fired up and they're giving themselves to prayer. And it's been so life changing for them and for the body of Christ. Yeah. And just to encourage everybody, this didn't happen overnight. Tim spent a lot of time with him and only a couple others at prayer meetings over and over and over. He would call me and go, what What do I do? Nobody wants to pray, and I know this is so important. And I'm like, look, was there anybody else in the room agreeing with you? And he'd say, yeah. And I said, you got it. Come on. <laughs> That's all you need. Just you and Jesus is a majority. And then somebody else joins in with you, and now you're, now you're building a, a ministry. Right. So I'm so proud of you guys. I really am. Uh, and I pray for you often. And uh, just so account it such a joy to be your friends. And uh, to do ministry together is it's just awesome. And uh, to see what God's doing here right now in, the, in the, this last year and, and what we see coming is just so exciting. If you're ever in the Venita, Oklahoma area, come to Emmanuel Church uh, and uh, visit them. They, there's something going on almost every day of the week there, so it doesn't matter when you come. But uh, they have a website that is. I caught them off guard. You did. It's www. Um, I think it's just see www.ecvanita.com. www.ecvanita.com. And if you want to contact them, you can also contact them through our website, and we'll connect you. Just send us a note. Thank you so much for being a part of the Church Doctors today. And uh, go and have authentic church today. Go and be a world changer today with the help of God. Thanks for joining us on the Church Doctors Podcast. For more information or to contact us, please visit our website at outpouringintl.com.